Let's get geared up for startup success. Join Josh as he interviews knowledgeable guests from all corners of the entrepreneurial world and gets the answers to the questions you've been asking. Get ready to learn something new on this episode of From Idea to Done. Hey, everyone. On this episode, we're going to be talking wireframing. Today with us here are two of our wonderful designers. Ladies, would you like to introduce yourselves? Hey. Hi, Josh. Hi. I'm Casey. Um, I am a UI UX designer here at Codelation. Um, I am a recent graduate. I graduated in 2020. So I got my start in the UI UX world back in college. Um, I've been doing graphic design since I was in high school, but um, I really I met this professor that I really liked in college and he was like, hey, you should check out the web because that's, you know, the future. And I was like, oh, I ended up really actually liking it and Got into coding and here I am loving it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm Tracy. I like to say that I had a previous life. So my background is actually in medical technology and I wanted to work part time, but it wasn't a thing back then. And so I went back to college to do a hobby, which I was always interested in, which was graphic design. I ended up graduating that and worked graphic design for over 20 years. And when I got to the level of where I thought I was topping out and uh, couldn't go any further, I wanted to learn more about the web and I wanted to learn HTML, CSS, all that. I um, jumped into the world of uh, UI UX and did a lot of really um, self-taught stuff at first. And then worked with great people that helped me out, you know, developers, BAs and QAs, and um, you learn the ropes and uh, here we are. So we, we talked a little bit about UI UX and that's, uh, ex explain to the listeners what, what UI UX stands for and uh, kind of the differences between them. UI UX is basically user interface and user experience. So I like to think of um, user interface as what a client sees. When you open up a web page or you open up an app, it's exactly what they see, what the colors are, what the fonts are, what the layout on the page is. The user experience to me is everything that goes on with that person interacting with the app or with interacting with the web page. Um, what are they looking for? Is it difficult to find? Um, is it easy for them to navigate? Um, what do they want to do on the page? You know, all the experience that they have. Anything to add? Yeah, basically, um, your functionality of your app is kind of user experience too, like how you're going to get from one place to the next, um, you know, how your buttons work, what your the behaviors you're expecting. That's that's all kind of wrapped up in there too. And that's what we, what we uh, design for. Yeah. What we think about. <laughs> So kind of the customer journey and you might have, you know, multiple different personas within a web app of navigating different ways and how do they get from point A to point B. Absolutely. And um, it's funny you say customer journey because that's actually one part of what we think about when we're planning the design. Um, it's great if it looks good, but ultimately we want it to function the best way it can. So a lot of times we'll start out with what is that customer's journey? And how do they make their way through the whole thing? Yeah, what functionality is going to make that person's life easier, um, regardless of what it looks like? We have to nail down that, that user experience first in order 
for, um, you know, people to want to use your app or web page. You got to make them want to. <laughs> so we've got a grasp on what uh, user interface and user experience are, kind of the, the flow and the look and the feel. Talk a little bit about the concept of wireframing and, and how do you look at wireframing? Um, you know, <clears throat> we use some terms here, correlation of, of low fidelity, high fidelity. Um, if I'm if I'm an entrepreneur starting out and I'm trying to figure out what it is I should be putting on the page, um, help me understand the importance of wireframing and, and where should I be starting that, that low or the high fidelity? A lot of questions in there, so. Yeah. Um, I guess I would say where I start with wireframing um, I'm going to start low fidelity. Low fidelity would be something like you're sketching on your notebook or, you know, on a piece of paper somewhere, just something where you're laying out a page and you're trying to figure out kind of where your content is going to be on the page. That's going to be your more low fidelity prototyping. Um, even before you do that, though, you're going to want to have um, the, that content, um, basically what you want on the page already in your mind. So you're going to have to do some ideating before that, um, get down to your goals of, what is your page about or your app about? What are the necessary functions and, and what what it, what do those entail? And then from there, you can start, you know, sketching out what the web page looks like, where your navigation is going to be, stuff like that. Um, low fidelity is good if you're not really sure which direction you want to go yet, but you kind of have an idea in mind. It gives you room to just try out a bunch of different ideas and see which one works the best. And that's the ultimate goal of user experience is finding that flow that works the best. I like to think of uh, low fidelity as kind of like, you know, they say back of the napkin kind of thing. They draw out a little sketch. I like to do it on a whiteboard so you can, you know, wipe and erase, wipe and erase, wipe and erase. Everybody does it a little differently. There's no right way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, low fidelity, like she said, helps to get a ton of ideas out there. What might work, what might not work because it's always not one right answer. Yeah, uh, user experience or UI and UX design is an iterative design process is what we like to call it. So you're gonna have to find out what doesn't work first until you find out the solution that works the right way. You're never gonna find out the right solution the first try. No, you never get it right on the first no, try. No, definitely never. not. <laughs> no, no. Um, I always say fail fast, fail up, Yep. Do it fast and get it going. <laughs> the more you fail quickly, the more you can get to that right space where you want to be. And those failures are great for other ideas for other clients that come around. You're like, oh, I remember I tried this layout or I tried this idea on something else that didn't work, but I think it could work here. That's why I'm a firm believer in, in a notebook. I like to have them in pencil or pen. And so I can look back on my ideas, you know, I'm like, got to leave that stuff out there. Leave your ideas out there. It might be useful later. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. High fidelity. High fidelity uh, wireframes um, make it more alive, I'll say. Uh, you can add color, you can add personality, you can add uh, texture and feeling. And this way, um, let's say a client comes in and they say, I have a great idea for this app. Um, I kind of want it to do these things, A, B, C, and D. I'm not quite sure how that would look, or they bring in a similar one that say, hey, these guys do it great, but I want to make it a little different. Um, a lot of times the client doesn't know until they see it. Mm -hmm. And so even if we would do some low fidelity sketches or ide ideation, you know, sessions with them, it still doesn't um, hammer it home until they see it, you know, high fidelity. And that really helps to, 
they're either yup right away or nope, or can we tweak this or can we change that? And that just helps them see what it's going to look like in real life. Yeah. Most of the time I'm not showing any of my clients, my low fidelity sketches or anything. Um, the high fidelity is where it actually looks like the internet or looks like the app. And you can actually use Adobe XD or Figma or any of those programs to make it function like that as well. So it's kind of fun. You can hand off links to clients or like, you know, little prototypes is what they're called, mm-hmm. where you actually click through and it's more of an exciting come to life um, moment for the client, which I think really brings the whole, wraps the whole circle around. Yep. Yeah. So if you're looking to do high, yeah. So what I would say, like, after you have an idea and you know what you want and functionality, then you can go after your high fidelity prototypes and start getting those um, ideas out there and have functionality. I like using the the concept of like small whiteboard, big marker for the low fidelity of like, we're going to have a button here. I'm going to click on it. It's going to go over here. I don't Mm -hmm. care what color it is. I don't care what the words are. Um, We're going to have some text here. Um, and I've even um, worked with entrepreneurs who are like, don't write the text yet, write two bullet points of what you want the text to say. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because so many times they'll go to a copywriter and get stuff written. And it's like, well, that doesn't fit the design. So what are we going to strip out or the design first? It's like, how do we write to it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, it's can get circular sometimes when you're trying to do all the stuff at once. And I think at the beginning too, it's important uh, to remember that they don't have to get wrapped up in the details Mm -hmm. because that's, what's great about the process and the process that we use at Codelation, because you can change it at any point. Um, Back when I was a graphic designer, um, I did print design and you had to double check, triple check, quadruple check that because once it's printed, it's done, (laughs) you know, where the web is great because if you find an, typo or you find a mistake or something's not working quite right, you can fix that. And a lot of times um, it's can be an easy fix and it's done quickly. Um, sometimes, you know, if it's changing functionality, it might take a little longer, but that's, what's great about, you know. Yeah. The web, there's always an escape route. It may not be the easiest, but you can definitely escape. <laughs> there's a way out if you need to go back. Yep. <laughs> I, I always hated that for my graphic design days of the department would spend twenty thousand dollars on on printable things. Everyone's proofread it, and as soon as they get it, it's like, oh, there's a typo. We spilled yep. we this. <laughs> it's like, how does that translate so poorly from digital to print? But yes, I, I like I like to uh, um, play a game of trying to find typos in print pieces. <laughs> 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 uh, talk a little bit about. Um, the wireframing process and how Codelation approaches the wireframing process. Cause I know a lot of entrepreneurs are, gosh, that that's expensive to bring in the entire team around it and to design first. Like, I just want to go hire a developer, you know, kind of talk about our process um, to, to that early stage entrepreneur that's trying to make those decisions of, should I just hire a developer and tell the developer what to do uh, versus kind of the wireframing and design process that we do. So I think one of the important things to think about is, yeah, you can just hire a developer, um, but a developer is uh, schooled and excellent at what they do, which is developing, writing coding, writing code. And you can tell them and it'll come out okay and it might function, but what's it going to look like? Where the wireframing part well, like I said, it'll give it that personality. It'll give it a life. It'll give it, you know, the color, the texture, the tone. Um, 
how how does a person feel when they look at that app or they look at that web page? Do you want to have an emotional reaction mm-hmm. kind of when they get it? And that's what the wireframing does when you get a designer involved. Um, I've worked with both both ways with um, just people that did just just get coded and get it out there. And it ultimately will circle back because the client will say, well, I don't like how this looks and it doesn't look professional. And I'm not saying that not, you know, all coders can't design, but in general, it helps to get the wireframing done ahead of time because then the coders don't have to go back and do it over again. So I think it's um, helpful. Number one, the client gets to see, you know, what they're expecting and it's going to look like that when it's done. And then it's helpful for the uh, developer too, because they know, you know, what colors we're going to use, what fonts we're going to use, where things go on the page. They're not guessing at, you know, oh, where do they want this or how should this be? So I think overall, it's helpful to get the designer and the wireframing involved early on in the process. Yeah, I used to say this all the time when I freelanced, good design is good business for sure. I mean, you're going to want to have that team around you that can push your project forward. Number one, you got your project manager, not just your developer. You got your project manager that pushes it forward. You have your UI UX designer that's going to be there to make sure that your app is not only looking beautiful, but also functioning nice too, so that you get good user feedback. Because God forbid you put an app out there that you just, you know, coded, got out there and somebody's like, oh, I I don't don't even want to use this app. I don't like the experience. You know, it may function, but it may not be like really... I don't know, fun to use or or easy to use. use. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, especially like a team, like we have at Codalation, we're going to have all of those bases covered for you so that when you come out of that first release, that MVP, it's going to function. It's going to look pretty good, you know, the way you want it to. I mean, I would say we do some good work. Um, And then also your users are going to have a good experience as well. And it's also going to function correctly too, because we have QA people in the background that are checking on our code. You know? We have BA people on the front end that, that are, are making sure all the requirements are correct. Yep, yep. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, if you're starting out your business, I would definitely invest in yourself and in the design and a feel and experience of your product for sure. It's almost like building a house without floor plans. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're going to put the toilet in the kitchen and no one's going to want to use it. It's um, functional, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can, it works. But you can it, put the toilet like, in the kitchen, but nobody's <laughs> going to want to make food in there. That's uh, for sure. <laughs> well, it's you know the development process is is so open for interpretation too. And if the developer doesn't know the requirements around it, okay, let's put a search function in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it auto suggest automatically drop down? Is it a list of stuff like is what it are a we pulling it from? Search? Does it only yep. do yeah yeah just like yeah. Those are the things that user experience and user interface and the BA think about. So all of those, like the user UI and UX designer, excuse me, and the business analyst work very closely together to make sure that that MVP and your product have all of those requirements and all that functionality that you know you need so that you're not coming back later, spending more money fixing things that you could have gotten right the first time around. Yeah, I agree. So, so if Josh has uh, two friends, Casey and Tracy, and Josh is trying to start up something new, and I come to you and say, you know what, I, I want to learn how to do this wireframing myself. Um, I, I don't know what features to put in there. Um, how do I start thinking about, you know, the concept of 
features into wireframe and what tools should I be looking at? We mentioned, you know, some high fidelity stuff. Is there anything you'd recommend on the low fidelity or is it just a, a notepad and a pen? You know, there's a lot of high fidelity um, tools out there. At our shop, we use Adobe XD. There's Figma, there's Sketch. I mean, some people even use Illustrator. You know, there's a lot of different. The tool to me doesn't really matter because you're going to get the final product out no matter what tool you use. So pick a tool, get really good at using it. Um, as far as low fidelity, I would say do whatever you're comfortable with. You know, she likes to use a notebook. I like to do low fidelity right on the computer. I'll just draw out some plain boxes. You know, it's all black and white. It's very basic. Um, and as far as looking for features and functionality, there are a ton of great um, websites out there that you can go to look for ideas. Um, I check out Dribble a lot. Dribble's a really good one. I um, check out like the Adobe, um, I can't remember the name, the Adobe Creative Space. I can't remember the name oh, of it exactly, um, but it's, they've got a great, great stuff out there. I mean, even if you just Google, you know, mm -hmm. what kind of business you're doing, if you're doing this app to like, I don't know, find something you Google this. Yeah, I often find myself Googling a lot of things yep. in this, just in this business, like in, in our business in general, um, in our industry, Google's a powerful machine, you know, why not? You might as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I look up a lot of books online. Yep. Um, there's a really good one, How to Get a UX Job by Lisa Mernon, if you guys want to check that out. I it read gives that. You, it was really good. It gives you all the basics of starting to prototype and wireframe and all that stuff, um, ideating from the beginning, all that. There's also a lot of, um, like back when I was kind of teaching myself, I seriously look for every free kind of class there mm -hmm. is online. There's a lot of places that will teach like certificates or, you know, whatever, but they always give these little freebie classes at the beginning. I never paid for any classes and I just did every freebie class that I could find. There's also um, like Udemy and mm -hmm. um, I think uh, Code Academy has a few things. Code on Academy there. has lots of free mm -hmm. stuff. Yep. Um, LinkedIn has some stuff it, like there's, there's a yeah. ton of resources. You can find out there. classes on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yep. And then as far as ideas, I think none of no designer has every idea. I mean, you have to get inspiration from somewhere. You, you'll see a cool design somewhere, or you go out looking at other websites. And as far as an entrepreneur, I always say, as a user, when I interact with a web page or an app, I know immediately if I like it or not. Because mm -hmm. if it frustrates me, I'm not going to use it. If it's easy to use and it's cool to look at, I'm like, hey, that's great. So you know innately, even if you're new to it, what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because if it frustrates you up front, yeah, um, it's going to frustrate pretty much everybody. Yeah, and a lot of the times, um, a lot of UX designers, UI and UX designers do this. You go and look at what other people have done on the internet. You know, you go look at if you're trying to make something similar to Netflix or you're making something similar to a different app or um, web page you've seen. If it's not broke, don't fix it. People are going to expect those behaviors, maybe not the look exactly, but functionality and features. Yep. People will expect something similar to those because people already use it. So I think about that a lot. What mm -hmm. What is already out there on the web? Because you don't want to have to teach your users much. You want them to be able to kind of just brainlessly go through your app easily, you know, mm -hmm. and it, you want them to seamlessly go through the journey. Yep. Um, so, I mean, 
And like, yeah, I, I like the saying too, we don't want to reinvent the wheel yep. because if there's something out there that functions that people are used to, like, like um, just, just as a, as an example, typically when you look at a web page, uh, the logo is in the upper left-hand corner and the login is usually in the upper right-hand corner. You know, there's usually always a footer with some basic information. I mean, why would you, mm-hmm. why would you change that? Because that's what people are used people to. People are used to it. People are going to expect that. So when they go to your webpage and they see that, they're gonna be like, oh, this is easy. I know how to, use- I've done this before. Yep. So yeah, that would be my advice. Did we answer <laughs> the questions? I, I don't know. I think we kind of just went <laughs> off there on a tangent, but <laughs> no, I'll, all good. I, I, I find myself like daisy chaining four or five questions together. So, um, so if, if I'm coming in um, to, to both of you, and is, is it helpful for me to go on a resource like Dribble and saying, you know what, I like this element, or I like this component, or I like this color scheme? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I, I always like to say, um, I don't want to guess at what you want. I mean, you could say if you have free reign, go, you know, that's fine. But if they have a good idea of, yeah, I really don't want purple on here, or these are kind of the colors or the mood I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the mood or the feeling I'm going for. That's super helpful. Send me all your screenshots, send me whatever inspiration you found. Cause that will help me. Yep. will help all of us. I want to make your vision come true. Um, and yeah, I don't want to have to reiterate. I don't want to guess if you already have an idea in mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah please go look at stuff. <laughs> and, you know, on that point, I like to say too, when you're talking about design um, as a client, don't ever be afraid to say, oh, I don't care for that. Or I don't yeah. like that. Please tell me. As designers, we have like super thick skin. We've yeah. done this for a while and nothing's going to be like, let's put it this way. We don't have, we don't take things personal because we know we're just working for the client. We're working for you. We want to make it what you mm-hmm. like and what you want. I don't care if you call my baby ugly. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. I'm, I'm not going to get offended. I just want to make the client happy. That's, awesome. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think that might be a Midwestern thing too. Of like people don't want to upset oh, yeah. someone else. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. They're afraid <laughs> to say if they don't like something. North Dakota nice, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, so my takeaways from this is figure out what features I need to have in there. And that's where parts of our process come in from the business analyst and other roles. Um, know what I want it to look like. So start doing some research on Dribbble and across the internet or other apps that I like the experience or the look and feel of. Get it in front of a designer that I'm going to know what the end product's going to look like versus just taking it directly to a developer. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, that's not, why is it, you know, why is the, why is the toilet in the kitchen? This makes no <laughs> sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And, and then just rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, exactly. Same process over and over until you get it close to right. And even then you're going to have version two, version three, version four. So, uh, and that's one thing I think people <laughs> don't realize that um, things on the web change all the time, every day. All the time. You mm-hmm. might go to a website that you think is exactly, oh, it's been the same for like the last three years. Nope. I bet they're I changing things. Mm-hmm. They're changing things all the time, changing functionality or tweaking things. Tweaking or, little, little um, front end things, little yep. back end things. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's great about it. That's what I like. That's what I like the most about yeah. um, UI, UX and projects is because they're just, they're long and you get to commit to something that's going to be for there for a while, you know, and you get to it's not like the print world where yeah, you, you read like, it one day and there's a bunch of typos, but guess what? It's in the garbage can the next day. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's there forever on the Absolutely. web. Absolutely. 
Well, Tracy, Casey, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I know our uh, listeners learned a lot. I learned a lot. So thank you again. You're yeah, very thank welcome. You. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thanks. It was super fun. Yep. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of From Idea to Done. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we'll catch you in the next episode.